In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus says to his disciples, Be not afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In other words, God is giving you the kingdom of heaven as a gift. It's yours to receive. He does not say God is giving you the opportunity to earn the kingdom. He doesn't say God will give you the kingdom if you're a good person. He says God is a generous gift giver who wants to give you eternal and abundant life. So last week we received a warning in our gospel. Jesus warned us to check our hearts, to make sure that our hearts were not making idols. He has told us to be rich towards God and not the things of this world. And so our gospel lesson this morning reiterates that point. God is giving you the kingdom, so receive it. Don't let your heart think it has something better than what God has for you, because it does not. Our Old Testament story of Abram in Genesis 15 becomes a beautiful illustration of this point. In Genesis, by his word alone, God calls Abram and Sarai out of the land of Ur, out of their barrenness, out of idolatry. And he promises Abram that Abram's descendants will become a great nation. And when God calls Abram out of Ur and makes this promise, God doesn't perform any miracle. He doesn't give him any sign. All he gives to Abram is his word. And at that point, Abram fully trusts his word. And so we come to Genesis 15 today, and this is some years after God's initial promise and God's initial calling to Abram. It's perhaps two decades later. What God promised to that 75-year-old Abram in Genesis 12 was that he would be a great nation. Well, we get to Genesis 15, and Abram is closer to 99 years old, and he still doesn't have a child. And Abram is starting to wonder if God's promise is going to come true. He's now 99 years old or so. He's too old for a child. If he was old at 75, he's really old now at 99. And in fact, Abraham is getting his affairs in order in his household. He's preparing to die. And so as he prepares his estate, he knows that his slave Eliezer is going to have to be his heir. But again, almost as of out of nowhere, God's word comes to Abram. And the Lord restates his promise to Abram. And first he says to Abram, just as Christ says in the gospel, to not be afraid. That, of course, is a word of comfort, a message of comfort. But it's a word that I think shatters Abram's existence in that moment. Because underneath the text, we see that Abram is afraid. He's afraid that he has no heir, that all the risk that he has taken in his life will not result in what he's hoped for. It's not going to result in a child. It's not going to result in a great nation. But God preaches to Abram and reminds him not to be afraid. And Abram's not to be afraid because the Lord himself is Abram's shield. The Lord is watching over and protecting Abram, even when it seems like Abram is never going to have a son. God reminds him who is watching over him. And then again, the Lord restates the promise to Abram and says, 
your reward shall be great. And we have to be careful how we hear this voice because it's not a kind of quid pro quo. It's not a kind of bargain where God says to Abram, you served me, so I'm going to give you something great. Rather, the Lord is saying to Abram, the gift I have coming for you is great. The object of what Abram has hoped for is a reality. And it's going to be greater and better than even Abraham can dream of. But then, in verses 2, 3, and 4, Abram protests. He talks back to God. And he says to God, really? Really? You have made these promises, and I trusted them. But look, I still don't have a son. All I have is a servant in my household, and that servant's going to inherit everything that I have. I will never be a great nation. Abram had come to that point where it was not obvious to him that God's promise was ever going to come to fruition. And remarkably, Abram is honest with God about these struggles. Abram doesn't sugarcoat things. He's clear with God about his uncertainties and about his doubts. And God doesn't zap Abram with lightning for being honest in dialogue about his doubts. Instead, God takes Abram outside and says, look up, look up at the night sky. He says, all the stars, the stars that I created by my word, will be outnumbered by your children. And hearing the promise again and seeing the stars, Abram believes his faith is strengthened. He trusts that God is for him. And he trusts that God's promise will come true for him. Well, on many levels, Abraham's struggle represents a struggle for all of us, if we're honest. There are times when we wonder, are God's promises for me going to be true? There are times when things do not look like God is in control of our lives. And we can struggle wondering about our own faith, wondering about the life we have lived, wondering what it's all going to come to. We, however, are always encouraged to go back and to hear God's word to us. Be not afraid, little flock, for it's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Every day as Christians, we have to go back to that promise. God wants to give us the kingdom. And every day we need to preach to ourselves the gracious and generous word of God because it's so easy to forget as we live day by day. It's so easy to begin to doubt or to begin to forget these promises. My wife has a letter board on our kitchen counter with part of Lamentations chapter 3 on it that says, His mercies are new every morning. And every morning when I come downstairs, I see that letter board and it preaches to me the realities of the gospel. It reminds me that it's God who will always forgive those who come to him. God will always generously pour out his grace on us. And we need that reminder daily because that's the starting point of the Christian life. The Christian life is living, trusting God's word in view of that generosity. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from what is not visible. In the same way, the very thing that saves you, the very thing that declares the forgiveness of your sins, the thing which promises new life to you, the thing which will raise you from the grave on the last day, 
is not visible because it's the word of God. It's the declaration of God. And so it is by faith that we have to live in hope that it's going to apply to us. Even though we don't always see it, although we struggle at times, although we live our lives wondering, and like Abraham, we wonder what the timeline is for us. Will God really do this for us? Is God doing this? Well, Scripture resoundingly says yes. Yes, because his word makes it so. And like Abram, we're given reminders of that word. First, that the preaching and teaching of the word comes to us on a regular basis as the church. This is the Christian's greatest weapon against the struggles of this world. We're constantly being preached to because we need it. We always need to be reminded of God's promises. Our hearts are quick to abandon them. So we need that reminder. But it's also true that we're given the physical reminders of God's words, the things that we call sacraments. Abram was taken outside and shown the stars. He was told to look up, the, look up at them as a reminder of God's promises to him. Well, in the same way, we're told to look at our baptisms and to receive God's word at Holy Communion as a reminder of God's promises to us. Right, the open font here in our church is not just decoration. It's not just furniture we have for convenience. It is for us as the stars were to Abram. It's a reminder of the truth of God's promise to us. A reminder that God will always be faithful to his promises and to his word. God does not lie to us. He does not deceive us. He does not take back his promises. But what God promises, the forgiveness of sins, new life, that's given to us. Likewise, when we receive the bread and wine of communion, we're receiving that very word. That very word come to us in the body of Jesus Christ. The same body that was broken for the forgiveness of our sins comes to us at this altar. It comes to us in the sacrament to strengthen our faith. It is to you a reminder that God's promises are always true. Even in the long struggle and the long wandering and the uncertainty, we're always reminded God's promises are true. Therefore, be not afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. <laughs>